the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for Grace to the Bay with Dr. Roger Chen. Dr. Chen is the pastor at Grace Church of the Bay Area, a church committed to glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ through verse-by-verse expository preaching to learn exactly what God has revealed in His Word. Now, here's Dr. Chen with today's message. It is a normal part of life to be evaluated by other people throughout our lives, from the time you start school, even before then, by your parents, work, retirement, to be examined, judged, watched, considered. And no matter how singularly focused you may set out to please just one individual, others always come into play. Think about it. Dating. All you care about is to make him happy. You want to marry him, and that's all that matters. But then you realize he has friends, he has parents, he has exes. Anyone who's ever planned a wedding knows that it's never just about what you want. You can't just invite your friends. Your parents have people they want to invite. There are people you work with that you have to invite. They're evaluating. They're examining. People are watching. People are judging. Work. Just pass the interview and press this one interviewer and you'll get the job and you show up and there's three interviewers sitting at the table and you find out that's just round one of five. You get the job and you just want to make your manager happy, but then there's pressure from your team. Then there's help requested from another manager that you don't, you're not accountable to and yet you need to help them and please them. And even if you have your own company, it's never just one person that you have to please. It's that guy's boss. It's that guy's customers. People are watching. People are evaluating. And if any of these examples resonate at all with you, you realize that it's no wonder that our desire for a singular focus on God in our ministries is completely muddled with the fear of man and pleasing others. This morning, Paul gives us some help. He brings it back to basics by boiling boiling down those who evaluate our ministry to three distinct or general groups or individuals. Then he explains the impact of each of them. In essence, this morning, we will be examining the examiners of your ministry. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, our passage for the morning as we have been unpacking 1 Corinthians verse by verse. Verses 3 and 4 of 1 Corinthians 4. Paul writes, But to me it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself. For I am conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted. But the one who examines me is the Lord. 
This morning we will look at three evaluators of your ministry and their significance. Three evaluators of your ministry and their significance or their impact. And before we get into the actual outline, when you look at the passage, you notice that Paul uses this word examine three times in these two verses. All three times, it is the same Greek word. Now, if you have the NIV, the ESV, or even the KJV, you have the word judged. Again, same word three times. Both examined and judged are helpful to understand what Paul is talking about. This word in the Greek literally means to question, to examine, to investigate, or evaluate. Question, examine, investigate, evaluate. And perhaps as you read those or as you hear those four meanings, you can see that all of these are pictures of an examination in a courtroom. And he even mentions that in verse 3, any human court. To be clear, this evaluation, this judging, this examining is not the part of the courtroom trial where a final verdict is given. What he is referring to, and as we unpack these three groups of people that evaluate our ministry, he is talking about, if you followed a court case, all of the examination that comes before the final verdict so that the final verdict can be made. The evaluating, the examining that leads to the verdict. Perhaps it's helpful to remember the term you've probably seen in those legal shows, cross examination. It's the same term here, to examine a witness, to examine the facts, to evaluate what is going on. And that's exactly the idea here. And we will see, again, three different groups or individuals who evaluate the facts to the degree that they can of Paul's ministry and, by correlation, our ministry And from those three groups come our outline for this morning, which again is three evaluators of your ministry and their significance. Let me give you our first evaluator of your ministry and their significance, and that is others. But the full point is others' opinions are inconsequential. Others' opinions are inconsequential when it comes to your ministry. Look at the beginning of verse 3. But to me, it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. He starts with the word but, and this shows us that Paul is referring to what he has just said and is making a point of clarification. By way of review, in addressing the Corinthians' unbiblical elevation of Paul and other teachers in the church, to the degree you remember that there have arisen factions within that local church, stemming from each of these church leaders, or at least in name, Paul says not to view them as leaders of teams or groups, thus causing division. We saw this last week, remember. He says, don't even lift them up to some sort of status outside of, as we saw last week, a slave of Christ and a steward of his word. He says, we're just servants. We're just stewards. We're just doing the work of the ministry joyously and eagerly so. But don't lift us up. Don't put us on a pedestal. Definitely not to the degree that you are fighting each other, using us as a means to outdo each other in your own minds. This, slave and steward, Paul says, is how I want you to view us, but 
That being said, it is a very small thing that I'd be evaluated by you or by any human court. You see the connection. This is how you need to see us, but in reality, what you think of us doesn't really matter. In other words, your opinion of me and my ministry are inconsequential. Paul says it doesn't matter. He's not saying that, look, you're just a bunch of sinful, ungodly fools that have no right judging his ministry. And it's not that he despises public opinion. He's simply saying this, that as a servant of Christ and his word, man's evaluation doesn't matter because they are neither Christ nor the author of his word. Makes sense. I don't care if you don't think I'm doing a good job. The boss says I'm doing fine, right? Brother, I don't care if you don't like that we have to stop the TV show and do chores because mom and dad say, and it's the same thing. I don't care if you're mad. I don't care if you don't like us. I don't care if you think I failed because you're not Christ. And your words are not scriptures. Because of that, they lack the competency to properly evaluate. We've all dealt with this, right? You, you share some challenges of work, of your work with someone, and even as you do that, you realize this guy probably doesn't get it, right? He's not in finance. He's not in tech. He's not an engineer. He's not a construction worker. And in that short conversation, it becomes very obvious that not only are they not experts in your field, they have no clue what your job is about and really have misunderstood what your challenges are, and yet they start making suggestions of what you should do. You're gracious, you're nice, maybe you nod, maybe you stop them, but often the suggestions don't even make sense in your own field. In their job, it might make sense. In your job, it makes no sense. It will get you fired. It will get you physically harmed. It's because they don't have the training. They don't have the degree. They don't have the experience. They don't have the job. They don't have the competency to evaluate. And that's what Paul is saying about the Corinthians in regards to his ministry to Christ. See the difference. And it's not just them. He says, even any human court, they can't evaluate me. Literally, in the Greek, human day, it reminds us of that saying, getting his day in court, same idea. And we know that Paul was familiar with standing before legal officers and groups of people that served and acted as judges as they evaluated his ministry and often tried to shut it down. And he says, even those trained, respected, and expected to judge by the principles that govern society cannot truly evaluate Paul's faith and ministry. The law, sure. What he does as a citizen, sure, but not his ministry, not his faith. And understand that Paul is not minimizing the importance of human laws and governing entities, especially the judicial system. He, in fact, tells us to submit to them as God's provision of social stability. He's talking about his ministry. He's talking about his faith. He's talking about his heart. And what he's talking about is the things of the Lord. Since Christ is the one who calls and rules, it is Christ and Christ alone who is to evaluate. Why? 
Well, you probably can answer that question. But here's three specific reasons. First, we've seen this already. It is God's ministry and God's word. And so he is the only one fit to evaluate. These two things are so profound, so rich, that even the godliest of men cannot search the depths of them in others' hearts for the sake of evaluation. And that leads to the second reason only Christ is to evaluate, because only God can see the heart. Man cannot. Because remember, proper ministry, proper faith is not just doing things externally. It's the heart. That's what matters. And so we could try to judge, but we can't even see the heart, read the heart, look at the heart. We can assume, but that does nothing. That's just foolish. And the third reason, it's Christ and Christ alone who is to evaluate, is that man is not all-knowing. Man is not all-knowing. Although that may seem like the same as God alone can see the heart, it is important to note that God always sees the heart. He doesn't just see the heart when he happens to travel through the Bay Area. See your heart. He sees all hearts, all the time, every heart. Wicked, sinner, unbeliever, Christian, righteous, godly. All of them at all times. For Paul, he's saying that the Corinthians' judgment of him and or his ministry doesn't matter. Understand that this isn't a put-down. This isn't an insult, right? This isn't when we get cocky and just say, be quiet, you don't know what you're talking about, right? He's not saying this out of anger or because he doesn't love them. Keep in mind that he's speaking to all of them, those that say Peter is better than him, as well as those who say Paul is best. So he's saying this to even those who are saying good things about him. Okay, He's not just shutting up the people who are saying negative things, and I think that's very important on a practical level, especially as we apply this. In other words, positive or negative, man's opinion is inconsequential. He's not just saying this because the Corinthians are all criticizing him or that he's afraid of a negative verdict from them. Quite the opposite. They are praising him to a very strange degree. This is big picture stuff. This doesn't violate nor negate the biblical call to get into each other's lives. Accountability, encouragement, rebuke, church discipline. But in the grand scale of things and in the ultimate sense, man cannot judge our ministry. And he's definitely not going to give us the final reward and a final day. That might be an important side note. Don't seek man's praise because that's... Not the final reward. There's something better coming that you need to work towards. And ultimately, man sees only the externals. And even with that, we all have our own biases stemming from our own guilt on the one hand and our own extra biblical convictions on the other. That may be good for you, but are not from the Bible and should not be forced on others. You've heard me say this before, but extra biblical convictions are just that, extra biblical. The Bible doesn't address them directly. Oh, you can weave your way into a scripture verse, but it's a gray area. And if you think it's absolutely wrong, to tell someone else that it is sin is just as bad as taking away from the Bible because you're adding to it. Let the Bible stand on its own. 
What are examples of that? Drinking alcohol. Getting drunk is a sin. Drinking alcohol, gray area. Watching movies. Watching TV. Certain types of music. Smoking cigarettes. Well, the Bible says we're temple and we gotta get, then stop eating ice cream too. It just falls short, guys. Extra biblical convictions are good for you so long as you don't become a legalist and create rules that are not in the scriptures. And I also want to point out another obvious thing. He's talking to Christians, again, some of which are borderline worshiping him, that they respect him so much. He's talking to Christians. So if he says their opinion doesn't matter, then the opinion of unbelievers definitely doesn't matter, Christian. Either way, Christian or non-Christian, when you start seeing them as the final judge of your ministry, of your life, of your faith, it's very dangerous, whether we're talking about Christians or non-Christians. It's not a thorough list, but when it happens in the church with with other Christians, you kind of see other people and, and their praise as your final verdict, your evaluation, you can start getting cocky. Because, yeah, whenever you do something good and righteous, people are going to thank you for it. Get cocky. Or you let people serve in any way they please, even if they're not gifted in that area and their service is hurting themselves or the church. Well, that's what people want. We just want to make everyone happy because they're, they're what matter. You can be afraid to say no to people's ideas. Right? The church is not a democracy. But if you just stop at the level of man's opinion matters most, then people want to do outrageous things and you say, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Right? Yeah, we want to spend $10,000 on a mobile smoothie bar when we're back in Burlingame High School. Good idea. Let's do it. Right? Whatever we want. Right? Uh, we need uh, we need more trombones up there. Let's do it. Let's do it, right? Those are just absurd examples. But even in small things, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. In the church, you can worry more about equal access and participation than quality and godliness. I'm going to say that again. You worry more about equal access and participation than quality and godliness. Uh, he wants a lead small group, let him lead as he leads the sheep astray. Well, give him his fair shake, give him his fair share, give him a chance. He wants to do it. If that were the case, we'd have 30 elders in our church right now. Just kidding, we wouldn't because there would be no church anymore. What about in the world with unbelievers? And this is the issue that Paul's talking about. You start pandering to worldly wisdom. You seek the approval of the unregenerate according to unregenerate standards. You take it too far and you start actually resenting Christians and their standard. And that always starts with your immediate Christian family members. Start resenting them because you're so filled with worldly wisdom. You're so spending all day pandering to the world. You come home and your dad or your wife or your son says, you told us the Bible doesn't want us to do that, and you get angry. You start resenting Christians because you've placed non-Christians as your standard. 
Can I be even more practical with you? And again, this happens not just with positive or negative, when people are the final standard for us. Husbands, how many times have you done something that maybe is not outright wrong, but some people kind of raise their eyebrows a little bit? Maybe it's spending every weekend away from your family with the guys. Maybe it's a, it's a trip with the guys. Maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a favorite hobby that takes you away from your wife for long periods of time. And your response is, oh, no, my wife's okay with it. In fact, it was her idea. She even planned it for me. And that's the end of that. But, friends, as godly as she is, when did she become the be-all, end-all of what is right and wrong? When did she become the final decider of what makes a God-honoring husband? By the way, this could work the other way around too with wives justifying things because their husband is okay with it. Look, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm glad that your spouse is okay with it. In most situations, I would say that's necessary. That's very important, but that doesn't make it okay. Just because she's okay with it doesn't make, make it right in the eyes of God. Just because she planned for it, paid for it, doesn't make it okay. The same could be said of bosses. My boss doesn't mind that I take this. That doesn't make it okay. Children, parents, whomever. It should be a very small thing that they examine you. It should be a very small thing what their opinion is in light of Scripture. This goes back to the concept of integrity that we talked about in men's group a few days ago. Right, Integrity is what makes you whole, and for the Christian, what makes you whole is the Scriptures and obeying the Scriptures. So it doesn't matter if your company, the checkout person at Safeway who gives you too much change or whomever is okay that they accidentally gave you something that they shouldn't have, the parking spot that you took that's not for you. Integrity is not, well, he said it's okay. He doesn't care. God cares. That's what integrity is. God cares. I don't care if it's a million dollars you accidentally find in your bank account or three cents that the checker accidentally gives you extra. God cares. You think the board of directors of Apple, what is it, a billion, trillion dollar company now, they really care if a guy at the Apple store accidentally gives you 50 cents more change than they're supposed to in the light of how much they make on a daily basis? Of course not, but God cares. God, have you ever worked a, a job like that? There's a leeway, right? You take, your, you take the tray of money. I used to do this at a, a, a movie theater in Redwood City that's now closed, right? And then you got to count everything. And even, that was a really strict job. But even then, even those people, they had a leeway. If you're short by, you know, 50 cents or dollars, not a problem. That just happens, right? It just happens. But you got to understand that Every penny counts to the Lord because it's not about money. It's about the heart. It's about integrity. And so we can't just go by what other people are okay with and what other people think. Well, back to the text. You see how Paul is not making a jab at the Corinthians when he says that others' opinions are inconsequential. To make the point, Paul says the same thing about himself. The second evaluator of your ministry and their significance is 
self. Self-examination is unreliable. Self-examination is unreliable. He goes on in verse 3 and into verse 4. In fact, I do not even examine myself. For I am conscious of nothing against myself, but I am not by this acquitted. Remember again, the word examine or judge you have there means to evaluate as as a lead up to a verdict. Even Paul, who can see past the externals and knows his own motives to a certain degree, he definitely knows his own private life. He says, I can't even evaluate that. I can't evaluate myself properly. Think about the big picture. If we are saying that not all, that only God can truly evaluate and not man, then doesn't that include yourself? Aren't you a human being? We often reject others' criticism by saying that our conscience is clear. Exactly what Paul is saying here. He says, I am conscious of nothing against myself. My conscience is clear, but he says, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't acquit me. That doesn't lead to a good verdict. But we say that all the time, right? My conscience is clear. We say that you don't know me. You say, I know myself. My conscience is clear. But that's not far enough. Because what Paul is saying is the buck doesn't stop with you. It stops with God. I'm glad your conscience is clear. But that's not enough. This has been Grace to the Bay with Dr. Roger Chen. Tune in next week for a continuation of this message. Grace to the Bay is the radio ministry of Grace Church of the Bay Area, practicing and proclaiming the purity of biblical truth. You're invited to join them for worship service in San Mateo, Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit the website gracebayarea.org for directions and other information, or to view a live stream of the service. As a listener-supported program, we ask that you consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we can continue to share Pastor Roger's teaching with you each week. Donations can be made through the website gracebayarea.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.